I'm sports attorney Luke Fedlam, and welcome to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. Each conversation, we focus on sharing information and having conversations around how athletes can best educate and protect themselves for their life outside of their sports. I am Luke Fedlam, and I am excited to have this conversation today around HIPAA, around protecting your possibilities and and really protecting your privacy. So as you all know, uh, we really try to cover topics that affect the sports world, individual athletes, and in these COVID times, and just generally, healthcare privacy is an interesting topic to have uh, a discussion on it. So I want to welcome two of our guests that we have with us today. Uh, First is John Carney. John Carney is one of my partners at Porter Wright. He leads our firm's healthcare practice group, uh, working with a range of corporate healthcare clients on various topics that affect their businesses. Too long of a list to get into on this podcast, but you can always check out his bio on our firm's website. And also Kristen Lawrence. Kristen is an associate in our healthcare group, and uh, she as well works with many of these same clients on the challenges that affect their businesses in the healthcare industry. So I figured... You know, what two better experts to have with us on this conversation around healthcare and healthcare privacy uh, than these two. So, Kristen, John, welcome. Let's get right into it. So, I, I think probably, um, as we often say, the best place to start is is kind of at the beginning. So, let's, let's have a little foundational conversation. And, and maybe, Kristen, you could share with us a little bit around what exactly is HIPAA? Um, I think it's something that that people have heard that phrase, they heard that term, and they know that it has something to do with privacy. But what what exactly does HIPAA mean? Thanks, Luke, um, for having me. Um, and yeah, so HIPAA stands for the Health Information Portability and Accountability Act, and it was enacted essentially to protect patient privacy. So a huge misconception about HIPAA is that it applies across the board to everyone and that it's implicated anytime someone's health information is involved, but it actually only applies to healthcare providers, healthcare clearinghouses, which are just businesses that transmit health information back and forth, and health plans, health insurance plans, we call those covered entities, and then the covered entities business associates which is really anyone that's doing business with a covered entity or has access to a patient's protected health information. And protected health information is going to be generally any virtually identifiable health data that's created, stored, or transmitted in order to provide healthcare operations or the payment of healthcare services. Okay. That is a lot of information on on what HIPAA is. So let me make sure that I have this correct then. Are we basically then talking about HIPAA's you know, something that provides privacy requirements or puts that duty on certain covered organizations and individuals? Yes, that's correct. Okay, excellent, excellent. John, anything you wanted to add to that? Well, I think certainly for professional athletes, one of the things that they've got to keep in mind is their employer is probably not going to be a covered entity. And so, um, you know, especially for the athletes you're dealing with, Lou, professionals who are out there who have a team doctor, um, they're interfacing with, they probably think, hey, this team doctor is looking out for my best interest. And not that they aren't, but they don't have the same limits on their ability to disclose information back to the employer and then the employer to make that available readily to anybody else. And that probably in the, you know, the professional athletes contract that 
they're agreeing to see this position that's the team physician and allow that physician to disclose the information versus them going to their private physician who you know they've got a private relationship with now they're signing a hipaa disclosure when they're going into the doctor's office or into the hospital but that private physician doesn't have the same right to disclose that information and you know one of your clients is going to be in a much better position to say hey private doctor you can't disclose my information versus likely the team doctor who'd be in a better position to likely disclose that. No, I think that's right. And, and thank you for making that distinction too. When we look at it from that perspective, a lot of times athletes have to understand that there is a difference between when they go to their own private physician versus uh, when they're treated by the team doctors, team specialists, and what have you. Because again, we, we already know that their contracts um, with the team will call for oftentimes the disclosure of medical conditions or injuries, et cetera that needs to be disclosed. But it's interesting, you know, I think more broadly when we talk about COVID, you know, since that's something that obviously is top of mind and most of us have probably seen the, the tweet that Ezekiel Elliott sent out, you know, HIPAA question mark, uh, when it was uh, leaked, the information came out that he tested positive for COVID-19. So from that regard, is the security or, or rather the privacy protections the same as when it relates to issues of COVID? Is it different kind of can you shed some light, John, you know, a little bit on, on that distinction? Kristen and I have actually just been dealing with this for, you know, one of our clients. And, and so she's well versed on it. I'm going to kick it over to her to talk a little bit about it. But there are in place in every state now obligations with respect to reporting incidents of COVID for purposes of identifying who those individuals are, tracing who they've been in contact with really in an effort to clamp down on the pandemic. And so whenever you have these state orders in place requiring disclosure of that information, whether it be by a physician practice, whether it be by an employer, that puts you in a situation where, you know, that particular infection may be required by your employer or your healthcare provider to be reported. And so they're compelled to do it. Now, Kristen, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about it since I know you've been digging into the details on this. Yeah, sure. Um, so just to back up a little bit, um, like as John was saying, you can authorize your protected health information to be released, but there are certain instances where the covered entity or maybe your employer is required to release information. So under HIPAA, there are a few requirements are required in certain circumstances to disclose that information to law enforcement and for public health reasons. So as John mentioned, um, COVID-19 is obviously a huge public health concern, and it's the subject of Ezekiel Elliott's tweet about HIPAA, you know, why was my COVID diagnosis released to the world? This is in my private information. Well, we're in the middle of a public health crisis, um, and for the greater good, we need to make sure that people know who has it so that they can take precautions themselves and for their family. That's interesting. So I, I think I want to dig into that then a little bit more. Is it just, you know, for clarity purposes, if an individual tests positive and, and here we're talking about celebrities, athletes, et cetera, if an individual tests positive, is it, it, it the information gets reported to, you know, whoever gets reported to from a public health perspective? And, and I think everyone would understand the importance of of tracking, of, of understanding trends, understanding that data. But when it comes to individuals, so is the individual's name released, um, you know, for that? And I, I guess, so are we saying then that there are no privacy protections then for athletes who may test positive for COVID-19? So each state or local health department is going to have their own specific requirements as to what 
specific information is reported along with the fact that someone has COVID-19. Some states will say we need the name, date of birth, the fact that they have COVID-19. Others will say they need all of that, the doctor who ordered the test, the lab that ran the test. So that really kind of depends. Um, it's really going to be a state-by-state state, um, or locality-by-locality locality determination of what, what's going to be released. But as far as you know, under HIPAA, there is a requirement to only release the minimum amount of information necessary. Information released by a covered entity that, you know, goes well beyond the scope of what needed to be released in order for, you know, to, to satisfy the public health um, exception, then, then we have a problem and, and you know, ground possibly for breach. I think it's important too, Luke, to look at who's disclosing this information. I mean, some people have the right to disclose it, but others do not have that right. That's so, right. You know, if, if somebody else is, you know, a, uh, a physician assistant or a nurse in the office and they find out about this positive test and now they start telling people about it, they're not authorized to disclose it. They're not disclosing it for purposes of public health. This is clearly a breach of privacy rights. You know, like I said initially, under HIPAA, there's no private right of action, but there are private rights of action under state privacy laws. And so, you know, certainly those athletes could bring a lawsuit against these folks who were irresponsible and disclosing information that they weren't authorized to disclose. So I, I think it's important to identify who is authorized to disclose it. Did they only disclose it to the local health authority as they're required to do? Or was it disclosed to ESPN or the local newspaper or whatever? You know, those are clearly not authorized disclosures. And in that instance, these athletes likely would have a cause of action that they can bring under privacy laws under the state. No, thank, thanks, John. I'm glad that you, you brought that up. And Kristen, that's a great baseline um, for understanding there. So I think this is something that the athletes really need to understand, too, is that when we talked, you know, back going back to the very beginning, when when Kristen shared kind of the definition and talked about covered entities etc. That is very important because if we go back to John's point about where this leak came from or where the information was disclosed, who disclosed the information, the moment an athlete, you know, for, for all the athletes and people who work with athletes who are, are listening, you know, it's important to note the moment the athlete shares that information with someone else who is not covered under the, the you know, HIPAA requirements, then there's no HIPAA violation. So, Let's just make an example. If the athlete shares or discloses, you know, personal healthcare information to a teammate, to their agent, to, you know, a family member, those individuals are under no obligation legally uh, to protect that information. Now, you'd think that if they're close to you, that they would be under some either ethical or friend based obligation to keep your privacy, but you can't control that. And I think that's oftentimes one of the most important things to remember in this is that there are the covered entities that have a legal duty, a legal requirement to maintain privacy. To John's point, if there's a breach of that trust of that privacy, if there's a disclosure of information from one of these covered entities, and there could be a cause of action that the, the patient, the athlete might have. But when it comes to an athlete then disclosing it, even disclosing it to a team, to the team officials, the coach, you know, even team doctors in that regard, there's not the same you know, protections that are afforded if you were going through your uh, your private physician. So I guess, you know, with that being said, Kristen, John, from your guys' perspective, what then should an individual think about? What can an individual do to help make sure that they kind of maintain their own healthcare privacy, you know, either with both COVID and, and, and really just even beyond more generally? 
as a starting point, you need to understand, okay, what's the rules of engagement with respect to anybody you're seeing that's not your private physician? So if you're meeting with any other provider, whether they're a physician that's a team physician, but you don't have a just private relationship with them, you need to be looking at, okay, well, what am I signing and what am I agreeing to here? Um, and, you know, you can look to somebody like Luke Fedlum, you know, legal counsel to make sure that what you're signing makes sense be before you sign that. Um, with respect to, you know, information that you then learn, Luke's making a, a great point here, which is you then have an obligation to safeguard your own information. I mean, you should have those private conversations with your treating physician. And in fact, if you're worried about what a diagnosis might be, it might be smart to go see your your personal physician before you see the team physician about it. So you have an understanding of what's going to be disclosed to the team physician and you can think through whether or not that's something that you might be able to keep from being disclosed to the team by going through your private physician initially. You have to keep in mind that that private relationship with that private physician um, or hospital that's your own relationship is totally different than any of these others. And that's where you can kind of keep those walls up around that information. And then, like I said, then it's your responsibility to make sure that you aren't going out and telling other individuals who may turn around and, and tweet that information out or, or post it on Facebook or talk to an ESPN reporter about it. And then you've lost total control of that that's information. Right. That's helpful. I appreciate that perspective. I also appreciate the plug. So feel free to plug uh, clients to have me review their contracts anytime. I appreciate that. Let me then kind of take it a next step. And, and since, you know, Kristen, John, you guys, you know, work in this healthcare space, just to help maybe shine some light into what kind of goes on at the organizational level. Kristen, maybe you want to start off with this. And then John, if you have anything you want to add to it, just so people know, kind of what are some of the things that healthcare organizations can do to make sure that information is not leaked from their perspective, from the organizational perspective? There are other stories that we've read about in the past of athletes where employees may have leaked information about them to, you know, ESPN insiders or other reporters. What can organizations do to help make sure that they are, you know, maintaining the privacy of their patients? So HIPAA-covered entities and their business associates are subject to, to very strict data privacy and confidentiality requirements. They've got to comply with technical, physical, and administrative safeguards. So that is, you know, what, what kind of firewalls do you have? What kind of password protection do you have? Who can access it? How deep can, the, um, can your employees go into accessing information, you know, whether it's a nurse, whether it's, you know, um, someone who's part of the maintenance staff and technically an employee, um, you know, those are all things that are required to be upkept under HIPAA. And those are the types of things that are often breached. The level of safeguarding that each um, employer is going to have, each business is going to have, is going to vary based on the industry they're involved in, the size, client base. So there's really no one answer as to what an employer, you know, business needs to do. But typically, you would hire a consultant who's going to evaluate all those things and say, this is what you need to do in order to be HIPAA compliant. And beyond that, you know, whether you're a HIPAA-covered um, entity or business associate or a, a private employer who's not covered under HIPAA, training for employees, you know, telling your employees, even though we may not be regulated under HIPAA, we could be subject to state privacy um, law. So you need to make sure that you're respecting your patient's privacy, your um, consumer's privacy, and, you know, making sure you're not 
releasing that without authorization or beyond the scope of what you may have been authorized to release. Okay. John? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, as Krista mentioned early on, um, if you're a covered entity and you're sending the information to anybody, they should have an agreement. It's called a business associate agreement that basically says they're going to safeguard the information. Any of your private healthcare information should only be sent by encrypted email. Um, you know, this shouldn't be sent by regular email. So, you know, what are the practices they have in place to make sure that they essentially have built a wall around your personal healthcare information and you feel comfortable and confident that they're going to be able to do that? And so, you know, again, I, I think for your clients, Luke, professional athletes out there, they really need to just make sure they understand this distinction because they're going to be running across a lot of healthcare providers and many of them are serving different masters than your client and and the athlete needs to understand that okay you know i've got an issue with my my knee i, I think i might have torn my acl am i meeting with the team doctor am i meeting with my own doctor and what's the distinction there's a significant distinction here and so if i'm a professional athlete that's the way i'd be thinking about it is this my doctor or is this my employer's doctor? And if it's my employer's doctor, I have much less ability to safeguard my information. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. Um, thank you for that. And uh, it's really something that, you know, I wanted to dig in this topic. I, you know, sometimes this one's a little bit more technical than, than some of our other conversations, but it's critically important. Privacy, especially as it relates to healthcare of professional athletes is so critical because their bodies, their health is really everything. And that could mean a new contract. That could mean, you know, so much more to them. So thank you, Kristen. Thank you, John, for taking the time to have this conversation. You're welcome back uh, to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast anytime. Um, I know that there's much more that we could talk about, but I think the bottom line here is if you're an athlete, you really need to make sure that you are safeguarding and doing what you can to safeguard your private health information and not disclosing it to people around you um, without fully understanding the impact that that could have on you. So again, thanks for tuning in. Kristen, thank you so much. John, thank you so much. And we look forward to, uh, to going into uh, more details on other topics here in the future. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk soon. Order Right Morrison Arthur LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. The content of this publication is not intended as legal advice for any purpose and you should not consider it as such. It does not necessarily reflect the views of the firm as to any particular matter or those of its clients. Please consult an attorney for specific advice regarding your particular situation.